Welcome back to the Foul Balls podcast for May 17th, 2018. And we have a short five-game slate to talk about for Wednesday. And right off the bat, just one game we're going to eliminate from the discussion entirely is the Yankees at Nationals game. Right now, we're looking at 90% chance of thunderstorms. The game was shortened Tuesday night, and it looks like it's basically going to rain from now until tomorrow night. So, unless something really dramatically changes, I'm just going to assume this game is canceled, and we're just going to say it's a fade for us as of now. So, that brings it down to a four-game slate. Two expensive guys, Justin Verlander, Chris Sale. I think one of these guys is pretty obvious play over the other one. Who is it, Matt? Yeah, Chris Sale over Verlander. Um, It's an easier matchup, although neither of them is an easy matchup. Um, It's just that one is easier than the other. So Sale is at home against the A's. Uh, Verlander's on the road against the Angels. The Angels' offense is definitely better than Oakland's, even though both are good. Um, But Sale's just better than Verlander. And with home field advantage being a factor, too, I I don't really think it's much of a discussion. And Sale is also a little bit cheaper. So I think he's the obvious play. Uh, Before you weigh in, just one more note on this rainout game. The Nationals and Yankees are resuming or scheduled to resume from the sixth inning on. Um, at 5 o'clock uh, before the other game starts. And that resumed game is probably going to be delayed at best. So the odds that this this other game plays after it are just so low that, yeah, I don't think we need to mention any specific players there. Just to reiterate what you're saying, um, we, we can ignore it completely because the rain is so heavy. But do you agree, Sale, very obvious play over Justin Verlander? Yeah, definitely on the high end uh, for a number of reasons. I do think that Sale is better than Verlander. Verlander has pitched well this year, but I I expect Sale to be the better pitcher going forward. Probably easier matchup for Sale. He's also at home, more strikeout upside against the A's. I think there's just a hundred reasons to like Sale over Verlander, and I can't really make a good case for Verlander over Sale. So Sale is the guy there. Moving down, uh, Walker Bueller, 8,500. I think that he's fine to roster, uh, good matchup for him. He's not really that expensive compared to his last start. He was 10500 for a start at home against the Reds. He pitched fairly well in that game. 8500 a plus matchup. I think that he's usable here. Uh, I do prefer Sale, and I think there are some cheaper guys that I prefer also just for the pricing, but I like Walker Bueller. And then Caleb Smith, I think, is fine to roster at 6500 then Garrett Richards, tough matchup for him against the Astros, but 5,800 is just too cheap for him. So I think those are the four pitchers that I like for the slate. Uh, any disagreements? Um, not sure if it's a disagreement, but if I had to rank the four in terms of expected exposure, I think it would go Sale, then Richards, then Smith, and then Bueller. And the only reason that Bueller doesn't really work is that if you pair him with Chris Sale, it really leaves you kind of strapped for cash when making stacks. And the offenses we like for the slate are on the expensive side. Um, so Bueller with Sale just isn't that viable. And between the two, I think Sale is still a better play for his price, even though he's more expensive, and even though it's a harder matchup than facing the Marlins. Um, so because of that, I think it, it makes more sense to use a Sale-Richards combo. I think that is the best combination, or a Sale and Smith combo. Uh, but Bueller is still worth having exposure to also, and I think he makes more sense in lineups with either cheaper team stacks or just using kind of like the back-end hitters of some of the primary teams we like. Um, so Bueller is fine. I just think he's a pretty distant number four be, uh, behind the other guys. Yeah, I mean, the other issue that I have with, and also I brought up Bueller, so I, I do like him, but compared to the other guys, I just think that there's more pricing value on Richards and Smith because both of them are pretty good this year, and they're both just so ridiculously cheap at those prices. 
So moving into the offenses, there are two spots that we both really like. It's the Chicago Cubs going up against Brandon McCarthy and then the Atlanta Braves going up against Tyler Chatwood. Those are really the two teams that I want to stack. And we were talking before about which one we prefer, and then we kind of realized, like, I don't really think it matters. It's both. It's good spots for both of them. I, I think that I lean just kind of towards going half lineups being stacks of Braves, half lineups being stacks of Cubs. So do you have a preference in between the two, or do you think that makes sense? Yeah, I don't really have much of a preference, but I, I think we've kind of glossed over one other team that's worth talking about. Um, the Red Sox are at home against Trevor Cahill, and I think you kind of need to take a stand here on one side of the game because the Red Sox should be, I think, maybe not the chalkiest offense, but they should be really highly owned considering they're minus 250 favorites. Um, so I don't really like the Red Sox compared to the Cubs or Braves because, well, a lot of it is their pricing, but I also think Cahill is better than uh, McCarthy and Chatwood. But would you consider including some of Cahill for leverage then if the Red Sox are going to have that much ownership? Uh, because if the Red Sox do really well against Cahill and you don't have them, then it kind of ruins the slate anyway. So it might make sense to use some Cahill for leverage. Uh, so here's why I wouldn't. Uh, number one, I think that the A's are probably going to be cautious with the pitch count of Trevor Cahill. This is his first start off the DL. He was dealing with an elbow issue. So I don't think that Cahill is going to work particularly deep into the game. And then I don't necessarily think you need the leverage if you're fading the Red Sox, just because Caleb Smith and Garrett Richards are also both so cheap that I think it's reasonable to think that Richards and Smith both have pretty good games, and Cahill, who I expect to be a little bit restricted with his pitch count, I think that he could hit value. The Red Sox don't really do a ton on offense, but we still just see Richards and Smith as better options anyway. Yeah, I think that's fair. Um, if we knew for sure that Cahill didn't have a pitch count, then maybe I'd kind of put him on par with Walker Bueller in terms of exposure, maybe have him in just a couple lineups. But yeah, I think uh, fading the Red Sox makes sense regardless. It's not as good of a matchup. They might be facing more of a bullpen game. Um, it's a better hitting environment for the Cubs and Braves, but they're also just facing worse pitchers. Um, and they might be better offenses than the Red Sox overall anyway. Um, so that game is the game to target, both sides of it for sure. Um, and then there are a couple cheaper offenses that I think we both like at least a little bit. But uh, the Cubs and the Braves are definitely the focus here. Yeah, I think that there are some guys that make sense as plugs. Uh, Justin Turner, 3700 even though we do like Caleb Smith, 3700 I just think is a bit too cheap of a price for Turner. Uh, one thing that is notable, though, that I hadn't really thought about until now, is that Dave Roberts said that Turner, just coming back from the, was the broken wrist, he's not going to play every day. So if Turner sits, which I think is a somewhat decent chance, then this is an even better matchup for Caleb Smith. If Turner plays, then I think that he makes sense as a plug in lineups that don't have Smith as a pitcher, just because 3700 is much cheaper than what we would normally expect Turner to be priced at. Yeah, I think that makes sense. And then the other team that I like for potential leverage, because with Justin Verlander being the highest-priced pitcher on the slate that isn't going to get rained out, um, I think he should have a decent amount of ownership. Um, but even if he doesn't, the Angels should be very low-owned against him. And the Angels are priced way down for this matchup. Trout is below 5K for, I think it's the first time all year. He's been close to 6,000 and even above 6,000 a few times. He's only at 4,900. And then everyone else on the Angels is below 4,000. So even in a hard matchup, I think it's worth using them, especially because this just is a really small slate. 
Uh, but at the very least, I think Trout as a plug where he fits, um, that's just shoot. It's too cheap of a price for someone that's this good. Um, there are a couple other Angels hitters that I think are priced down pretty far. Um, Justin Upton's 3600 Cole Calhoun is 2500 now. Uh, I'm not even sure if you can play him there because he's been so bad, but Cozart and Kinsler are below 3000 also. Um, so there's definite pricing value on the Angels and definite ownership edge. Uh, it's just kind of weighing the opportunity cost of having lineups that aren't Cubs or Brave stacks. But I think the Angels are worth at least considering a little bit. Uh, yeah, I mean, definitely if there's leftover salary, I think I could reason going up to Trout. I'm not going to make any Angels stacks, personally, but I, I think that the guy who I would use as a plug-in lineup is, is Trout. Yeah, kind of hard so, to argue against Mike Trout for any purpose. He's just the best player in baseball, and I don't know. It has to be a pretty extreme circumstance to not consider him at all. All right, so that is going to finish today's podcast. You can follow me on Twitter at GIronbergDFS. Matt's Twitter handle is at PreachingSense. We'll be back for Thursday's slate.